And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a live edition of the Athletic Hockey Show as we get you set for game one of the Stanley Cup final tonight between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to have a jam-packed hour for you uh, live here coming up. We've got a great cavalcade of guests uh, all lined up to join us today. We've got uh, the two beat writers for the teams, uh, Peter Ball with the Avs, Joel Smith with Tampa, Mark Lazarus, Mike Russo are also covering this series. It's all hands on deck in Denver for us. All four of them will join us. Dom Luce Chichen is going to be by as well later this hour. Get you all set for every possible angle, statistical, storyline, and otherwise for game one of the Stanley Cup final. Really feels like a dream matchup, doesn't it? Like we've been waiting, almost feels like a heavyweight fight as we've been waiting a long time for a Stanley Cup final of this magnitude, and we've got it. And uh, as I mentioned, Peter Baugh, Joe Smith, are our first up here as we get you set for game one of the Stanley Cup final. I like to call this combination, I like to call this combination PB and J. Got <laughs> well it? Done. Peter, Peter Baugh well and Joe Smith. I think, well, you, it could be... PBJ plural, like plural, like PB and J's. Yeah, PB and J's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but before we get into all, you got to explain the hat, Peter. You got to explain the hat to the viewers here. Yeah, well, I wasn't wearing it, but then um, Jeff, one of the producers, requested that I put it on. And uh, this hat was purchased in Nashville um, during the first round. Um, Nathan McKinnon really liked it. Um, I really like it. Uh, it's made of an appearance at my uh, rec league kickball game. So, uh, yeah, I, at at the request of, of Jeff, it, it is now on the podcast. I, I, I like the fact that you referred to it as a rec league kickball game, as if there was like a higher <laughs> yeah, level. That, yeah, there's a pro level that we should have been aware of. I uh, – I love it. And, and listen, and for our viewers and our listeners here, we appreciate it's a very one of the busiest days on your calendar, game one of the Stanley Cup. So we appreciate this. Uh, let's let's dive right in. And Joe, let's start with you, because um, I think a lot of people would like to know how effective do we think Braden Point will actually be in game one uh, tonight? Haven't seen him since the, the tail end of that Toronto series. 
It's a great question. I mean, I think I don't even think he knows at this particular point. The reason why it took a little longer for him to come back uh, was because he wanted to make sure if I come back, I want to be able to help the team. I don't want to, do, you know, do them the service and like that. I mean, I think most people would think that seventy percent of rating point is better than most guys in the league, and I would probably agree with that. Um, but with every every play, every, every mistake, so important in the Stanley Cup Final, he just wanted to make sure there. So uh, he hasn't played in a month, so there's going to be some probably some rust and some timing things there. Um, but there's no question they're a much better team a much deeper team uh, and obviously gives a lot of, a lot of buzz to the rest of the group to see uh, one of the best players, I think in the world uh, back in the lineup. Cause he just, he makes their transition game so much easier. He's a one man zone entry uh, and zone exit. So uh, especially against the fast uh, Colorado team, I'm um, having him is so important. And, you know, on the flip side of this, uh, you talked about the importance for Braden Point in uh, in Tampa. Obviously, Nazem Kadri would be a huge uh, addition uh, to, to Colorado's lineup, Peter. Um, I, there's some mystery there. Uh, is it gamesmanship or is there actually a chance, uh, Peter, we might see Nazem Kadri at some point in this series? I think there's a legitimate chance. I mean, he's he's skating and working as hard as he can to to get back and play. I don't know necessarily the likelihood. It'll, I think, depend on a few different factors. But this is a guy who worked his whole life to to get to this point, to get to a Stanley Cup, and he wants to play. Um, I think there are some some things. Obviously, he he had surgery less than two weeks ago. I think they'll they'll probably assess it a little more in the coming days and see where things are at. Um, but yeah, he would be a huge boost, even if he's um, maybe limited with some of the stuff he can do. Kind of like Braden Point, where even if he's not a hundred percent, he still he still brings an element Colorado could use. Um, and they're going to have to have different guys step up without him in the lineup, presumably for at least the start of this series. And, and just sticking with Colorado and, and the injury situation there, um, and maybe, again, a little bit more gamesmanship from Jared Bednar and company, uh, doesn't really name the starting goalie. But as, as we were following along with you, Peter, today, you suggested that all signs point to Darcy Kemper. But, I mean, where are we at with, with Colorado's number one goaltender here? Is he, is he really 100% healthy? Yeah, I think he's 100% healthy, but he hasn't. Obviously, it's been a little while since he's played with the layoff, and then he also didn't play after game one of the Oilers series because he got hurt. Um, so this is a guy who who had an excellent regular season and was off to a good start this postseason before uh, the Ryan Johansson stick got caught in his face mask and and kind of left his his eye swollen. Um, I don't know if how much that impacted him in the St. Louis series, but he certainly wasn't at his best in that, in that series or at the start of the Edmonton series. Um, missed a couple games in the Edmonton series. Pablo Francois got the job done, picked up all four wins in that series. Um, and now it looks like it'll be back to Kemper, who's obviously been the the team's number one goalie all year, and who has been excellent for the majority of it. Um, so we'll see we'll see what he looks like in net tonight. He, I mean, all indications are that he will be the the one in in net. And and obviously a no doubter with Andre Vasilevsky uh, in between the mm-hmm. pipes for for Tampa, Joe. Um, maybe you could talk to us a little bit about the path for Tampa this year, because uh, you know this is one of the toughest paths I think we've ever seen a team you know, cross to get to a Stanley Cup final when you say they took out a, a very good Toronto team in round one, they swept the President's Trophy winners in round two, were pushed to the limit against, uh, you know, arguably uh, a guy that's going to win the President's Tro- Trophy and, and the Rangers and Shesterkin in round three. Uh, are the Lightning, I think some people want to know, do they have enough gas in the tank here, Joe, or did they expend a lot of it just to get to this point this season? I think they've got enough for four more wins. I mean, I think that they, they have to end it at this point. They can really taste it and, and sense it. And they know uh, they've always embraced the historic moment here and knowing you only have one chance in your lives to go for a three-peat. And they know a lot of guys might not be here next year. So um, they did take a tough path. I mean, how many teams have beat 350-win teams 
on the way to the Stanley Cup final, uh, two of the top five offenses and power plays in the league, uh, President's Trophy winners. Um, but I think what they showed is they can beat you in many different ways, right? Like like the 80s Islanders were telling me, like they can beat you um, off the rush if you want to play that game, if you want to grind it out, play a physical game, they can play it that way. Um, this series, they don't want to get in a track beat with Colorado Avalanche, of course, but um, they have the resolve, the experience, the kind of like, they just, they just won't die, right? They're just not going to let another team, uh, even though they had, they've been on the brink uh, in the Toronto series, was the closest one they had uh, since last year against the Islanders. So uh, I think they're playing some of their best hockey in, in a while here. They got their recipe, they got their system, their structure, and they got guys playing with confidence. And so uh, with Point coming back, this is as, as ideal time as there could be an ideal time uh, to play a team like Colorado. And, and it's interesting, right, Peter, because I think Colorado has had a much different path. I'm not saying it's easier, but certainly Colorado's only lost two games on road to the Stanley Cup, whereas, you know, Tampa Bay got pushed to seven by Toronto, uh, down 0-2 against the Rangers. It's been a little bit of a, a, you know, a little less resistance for for Colorado. The two games that they lost, Peter, were against St. Louis. And I'm curious, as you go back to that series, because obviously they swept Edmonton and, um, uh, and Nashville in between, but... Is there something that that if you're Tampa Bay that they should be looking at to say, you know what, there there is a way to beat Colorado? And ma- did St. Louis provide enough of a blueprint uh, in those two games? Yeah, well, it's interesting because in that St. Louis series, I think one of one of the losses the Avs led by three goals late in the second period, and and then kind of it was maybe more of a loss that they they brought upon themselves than, than St. Louis, which is not to discredit the Blues comeback in that game. It was really impressive and showed a lot of resolve, but Colorado kind of got back on its heels a little bit and, and kind of, it seems like made some tweaks after that, that were, were beneficial. Um, So I don't know if St. Louis, that was definitely the time they got pushed the hardest. I think St. Louis did a good job trying to take away McCarr's time and space and McCarr didn't have as good a series that series as he had in the Nashville one or the Edmonton one. So maybe that's a little bit of a blueprint. Um, But I mean, I think Tampa doesn't necessarily need another team's. It doesn't need another team for a blueprint. Tampa Bay knows how to win. Um, As Joe talked about, this is a really better and experienced team with superstars and depth. So it'll be, it'll be a great series. I think if there's, these are two teams that are, I mean, I feel like rarely do the two best teams meet in the Stanley cup. Like usually someone gets upset and this really does feel like probably the two best teams in hockey meeting. Yeah, you're right. Like every year, right. You go back last year, Montreal got there two years ago, Dallas. It always seems like some team kind of punches above their weight to go deep, deep, deep in the playoffs. And this year, I think uh, if you go back to September, October, and you asked a lot of fans, if they could you know, strip aside your rooting interest, I think a lot of us wanted Tampa and, and Colorado and then thought this would be the most fun Stanley cup. We've got it. Uh, we saw them play each other twice in the regular season, Joe. Is there anything we can take from that? Any, anything we could learn from those two games in the regular season between Tampa and Colorado? I don't really think so. I mean, it was so long ago, and I think um, at that point, I think Bledding were dealing with some COVID issues as well. I mean, I think they just played awful in Colorado. Like, they didn't, you know, they absolutely, you know, just really beat them. And so I think I mean, they can learn a little bit about kind of systems and how McCarr plays and that kind of thing. It's harder when you don't see a team very often or very long, but – um, I think once this gets, this gets started tonight, it'll be a whole new, whole new look, whole new series. So, um, I mean, other than just little small things, I don't think they're really taking too much from that from that matchup. Other than the fact that they know that Avalanche are a formidable opponent. And you know, I, I think it's interesting too, Peter, when you look at this. You know, the Avs might have to, and, and Tampa dealt with this in the last series against the Rangers, where you got to shake off the rust a little bit, right? When you sweep an opponent, it's great but it does create a little bit of a gap. 
What has Jared Bednar been doing with his team in the last you know, seven or eight days, Peter, to make sure that when the puck drops uh, tonight in Denver that, that his team is ready to go? Yeah, well, they've, they've had some hard skates and, and practiced. I mean, there's not really any secret recipe other than you just have to stay in shape as best you can and have, have those practices. I will say that St. Louis uh, or Colorado swept Nashville and had, I think, nine days uh, before they played St. Louis in the second round because a lot of those second round series went seven games and they came out just fine against St. Louis. I think they put up like 50 shots that game and um, it took a kind of crazy Jordan Bennington performance for that game to get to overtime um, and then Colorado won in overtime. So I don't necessarily think it's a, I think they honestly believe it's like an advantage. It allowed them to have some guys get some rest. I mean, that. They could be just be saying that, but from just talking to people around the team, I, I think that they do honestly believe that the the rest was an advantage. Um, and we'll see. I, I do particularly wonder about, I think John Cooper talked about how with goaltenders, rust can be a factor in particular. Um, I think he talked about that with Vasilevsky in the New York series. And Darcy Kemper hasn't played since game one against Edmonton, which was feels like 10 years ago. I don't know the exact number yeah. of, of days, but it's been a while. In eight years, at least, at least eight or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was with Vasilevsky. I mean, and he's the best in the world. And like, you know, he tried to practice, but how many times in practice do you do uh, shoot over the shoulder, shoot at the head, and you know, do east to west, you know, bang bang? Like, how many, how many times do they bump them in the crease? You know, yeah. so it's a whole different pace and level you can't prepare for. But I think Vasilevsky, after the first game or so, he said he felt more comfortable, and then you saw him locked in after that. But yeah, the rest could play a role. I mean, he played a role last year, last series with Tampa. But I think the rest will help them too. I think. Uh, it kind of adds up. It's a word that will help them go into this series, knowing they had that break uh, after the Florida one. And, and you know, certainly in the last series, right, after the – I think it was more after game one, but early in that series against the Rangers, the, the prevailing notion was, uh-oh, maybe Igor Shesterkin's the best goalie on the planet and, and it's not Vasilevsky. And, and by the end of the series, I think that, that narrative had kind of dissipated a little bit. As we get to the Stanley Cup final, I'll ask both of you guys this question, but, Joe, I'll start with you first. It feels like the great individual matchup this time around is Kale McCarr against Victor Hedman, arguably the two best defensemen in the game. Certainly it feels like McCarr is a, a Norris Trophy candidate um, and maybe a favorite this season. Victor has won it before. Um, how excited are you guys, Joe, again, I'll start with you, to watch this matchup? Because it might end up being kind of a referendum on who's the best defenseman in the game. No, I mean, I think if you're a fan of hockey, a sport, you love to see the best players against the best players, right? And I know it's not like it's not like two goalies don't face each other, right? Like, like two pitchers in baseball don't face each other. But it's fun to watch them on the ice and see how different they play and how much both of them drive their team. Like as John Cooper says all the time, as headman goes, we go. And I'm sure it's the same thing with Kale McCarr and the abs. Um, uh, I don't get to see McCarr play as much because on the West, you know, West coast and, and such, but uh, just a tremendous generational talent. And I think he has a lot of respect for, for Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman said McCarr is one of his favorite defensemen to watch when he's, you know, catching games and stuff like that. So they both drive their, their team different ways. And I think that'll be curious to see uh, who, which team has the, you know, the better game plan on, on neutralizing, uh, one of the top threats on each side. Yeah, and 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 I think Peter, like in in round one, it was uh, you know it was Roman Yossi, right? Roman Yossi and Kale McCarr, and uh, and now we get Victor Hedman, and this this does feel like a real test, right, for uh, for the Avalanche. But uh, in your city, in Denver, how excited are people to maybe uh, see this head-to-head matchup between Victor Hedman and, and Kale McCarr? Yeah, I don't know if I mean Denver specifically. I think they're they're kind of more just pumped to have the the Stanley Cup. I don't know if it's that specific matchup that people are pumped about, but I'm pretty excited. I think it should be it should be awesome. And 
Um, I know Joe and I have both talked to some some former defensemen who who are also just like really pumped to see how these two go against each other. And I think uh, what I'm curious is like how many minutes are these guys going to play? I think you looked at McCarr's numbers in the Oilers series. I think he was playing 28 plus minutes a game. Um, and, and that was against Edmonton. I wonder if against Tampa, it's, if he's creeping up on 30. And I mean, if you have both Hedman and McCarr can log heavy, heavy minutes and play against tough competition. And that's such a, a boost and a necessity for a championship team to have that guy. You can play close to 30 minutes a night and it'll be fun. Cause as Joe said, they're going to be on the ice for a lot of the same time. Yeah, and you just we just saw the numbers there. 27 minutes and change for Kale McCarr uh, on a nightly basis. A couple more minutes with you guys before we uh, we let you go get you set for game one. Uh, how, how do you shut down Nathan McKinnon, uh, Joe? If you are uh, John Cooper, uh, what's your ideal matchup here, especially knowing it's uh, game one and two on the road? Well, I, I think like uh, Shana Goldman and I wrote this morning about Anthony Sorelli, who um, is a terrific shutdown center i believe he'll win a selkie trophy by the time his career is over he's been a guy that they've trusted against austin matthews against barkov against the manager last series and they kind of found a formula with him brandon hagel and alex Kalorn in the middle of that rangers series against that's advantage and Aaron line now this is a different beast mckinnon is different it's like uh you know like, i think cooper said bull in a china shop this morning just because he's so fast um but he's also so physical so when you're on the four check he can knock you over take the puck and, and leave too so he's a di- different kind of guy so you have to prepare for that. So I think during, ideally they'll probably have Sorelli in that line or form, some form of that line up against McKinney when they can. But I think what John Cooper does is he doesn't chase matchups as much on the road. He tries to get his best guy out there. But you'll see a lot of Ryan McDonough, Eric Chernak, or Hedman uh, when when McKinnon's on the ice. So that'll be the matchup I'm going to be watching for. And, again, we tried to break it down this morning on The Athletic and some video and stuff of what makes Sorelli such a relentless and smart uh, it's like Kucherov without the puck, as John Cooper said, and he'll be need to be having one of his best uh, series for them to win this win this one. I'll tell you, you use that word relentless. That should be the adjective we use on Shayna Goldman, isn't it? Like, it feels like every story uh, right now at the Athletic is hey, a collab with Shayna. She's just fantastic with uh, what she does and able to break down those those matchups. And that's certainly something we're going to be seeing, um, I think, uh, play itself out tonight. Before we let you guys go, Peter, you mentioned that, uh, hey, in Denver, they're just excited to be back in the Stanley Cup final. Haven't been back since uh, 2001, or the, the great Raymond Bork here. Uh, give, our, give our audience here, whether you're watching us live on YouTube or listening to uh, the audio version of this give us a sense of the excitement in the city and is it one of those things that's almost palpable that you can that you can feel it yeah I mean I I think you just you see a lot more abs shirts like when I was get, going back home from the arena today you saw like an abs an abs jersey here and there and um, they have these banners up and there's a square called Larimer Square they have banners up with all the jersey numbers and and people are definitely excited. I think the the crowd atmosphere has been really good at the arena the the first three rounds of the playoffs, and I'm sure it'll be even, I guess, more excited tonight. And I think there's there's nothing I like more than like walking to an arena before a big game and just kind of feeling the nervous energy. Um, and, and it should be great. I'm I'm excited, and I think yeah, I think that there is definitely some buzz about the abs around town. More people have like reached out to me about who aren't necessarily hockey fans, but who are my friends here. And are like, I heard people talking about the abs today. Um, so there's definitely some, some talk. Hey Pete, since it's uh Denver, should I do Mr. Brightside as my karaoke song this week? You know, since, you know, since we're in town, we need to, to do some karaoke this week, Joe. I yeah. would love to hear you sing Mr. Brightside. Yeah. You know, you guys can do it right here if you'd like. 
need the little background backdrop here. Yeah. I think to get get it going. Um, and maybe a drink or two. Maybe a drink or two, which is <laughs> a little go. faux pas uh, on live uh, podcast forum, but. Uh, we're we'll looking forward to this series. That'll be a lot of fun. There yeah. we go. Hey, listen, we look forward to your coverage, uh, both. And, and Joe, as, as we wrap up, uh, third straight year you're covering the team that uh, is in the Stanley Cup final. They've won the last two, but this one is a little bit different for you because of the the way that the pandemic played itself out. Like, is this the first time you're actually in the city where the the Lightning are? Am I, am I right on that? Where where they're playing in the Stanley Cup final? Oh, last year actually we were in Tampa when they won the cup and had it there. Um, so there was a little more. Um, got to be in, you didn't have in-person access, you know, but you had, um, the, you know, the in-person feel of being in the arena when they gave the cup out, you saw the celebration, you saw Stamkos on the ice at two in the morning with his dad skating around all that stuff. You wouldn't see if you were on zoom, the first cup was obviously all zoom since it's in the bubble in Canada and us Americans couldn't make that trip. So I watched all of it on TV and the first one, last one was more in person. This one, a lot, a lot better for more in-person interviews. You get to see all the things, sights and sounds. And so we're hoping their coverage reflects that, uh, as we go forward here and, and see what happens. Well, listen, both of you have been just doing a, di- a dynamite job here in the first three rounds, and we know you've set the bar pretty high for the Stanley Cup final, but we know you'll meet it and exceed it. Uh, looking forward to it. And gentlemen, enjoy the series. Um, safe travels between uh, Denver and Tampa. And uh, thanks again for joining us here on this live edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having us, Ian. Later. Yeah, you bet. there they go. Joe Smith and Peter Baugh. PB and J, as I like to call them. Uh, listen, we're going to take a break when we come back. As I said, it's all hands on deck in Denver for us with The Athletic. Uh, Mark Lazarus and uh, Mike Russo, who've done a terrific job uh, in covering the conference final, are taking their uh, expertise to the Stanley Cup final. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Mark Lazarus, Mike Russo, as we continue on. It is a live edition of The Athletic Hockey Show getting you set for game one of the Stanley Cup final. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, welcome back to it as uh, we get you set for game one of the Stanley Cup final. It is Tampa in Denver to take on the Avalanche tonight. And uh, I mentioned we've got a full team, um, uh, full team on uh, on standby in Denver. And uh, we've got them all ready to go. It is Mark Lazarus, Mike Russo. I believe we've got them all. There we go. There's Laz. He's also got the hat. Oh, What's wow. Look at that. Holy I figure that's, the, that's company policy now, right? I have to wear Seriously. the hat. Did you also get yours in Nashville too? Uh, no, I got mine in San Antonio at the 2000 Alamo Bowl, my senior year of college. So it's okay. it's covered in dog and cat hair because I just found it at the bottom of my uh, uh, closet. Okay. Well, listen, this is poorly. this is uh, this is great. I, I'm curious to pick your your brain on this because um, you guys have been covering hockey, watching hockey for a long time. Um, Mike Russo, I'll start with you on this one. When's the last time you were this excited? For a Stanley Cup matchup, because I've said it's almost like a heavyweight title fight, and the, like the two the two teams that we wanted to see 
in the final have gotten there. When's the last time you were this pumped and hyped for a Stanley Cup final? Probably my first one in like 96. <laughs> um, just because I was so excited to be there. First of all, I don't know how I've gotten invited to this show. You know, Lazarus, old hat covering Stanley Cup final runs. Uh, Joe Smith, we know he's an expert. Now we got, obviously, Peter Baugh, uh, Peter a young hockey writer. Then you got these veterans that, like me, that cover 27 years of just, like, almost first-round exits all the time. And <laughs> never get no, – I never get invited to the White House, I could tell you that. But Lazarus just goes every other week. Um, but, um, you know, I'm super excited. I mean, you know, it's just obviously – you have it, this is, like, classic uh, – look at that background. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I'm in that Renaissance bank, uh, Laz, here in, uh, in Denver. <laughs> um, you know, so, I mean, look, you got, it's like the classic, you know, offensive juggernaut versus uh, defensive juggernaut. And I don't want to take anything away from the Lightning because obviously they can light it up too with the, the plenty of, of star power that they have on their team. But uh, look, this is a team that, you know, is a throwback to three years ago in this league, just still tried to win two, one, three, two games. And, and they could do it, and they're comfortable in those settings, as I just witnessed in the in the Eastern Conference Final. So I am just I am really excited to see how Andre Vasilevsky and this defensive, you know, the guys like Sorelli and Kalorn and some, you know, this outstanding defensive line go head to head against the McKinnons of the world, and I just think it's going to be an outstanding, outstanding long playoff series. Yeah, Laza, I almost think about like Tampa Chicago meeting in 2015 to me was maybe the last one where I was like, wow, this is a great matchup of two uh, you know, elite teams. Cause a lot of times there's a, there's a Cinderella team where somebody kind of sneaks in. Um, is that, is that the last one for you, Tampa, Chicago in 2015, where you were this uh, excited? Well, it's an interesting, well, first of all, let's talk about my background. I got uh, Bernie and Thunderbug <laughs> cause I'm in my kid's playroom slash my office slash oh, the art room amazing. slash pile of crap room. Cause I'm not in Denver right now, but um, it, it does. It reminds me of 2015 in a lot of ways because I mean, I think most of us agree that Colorado is the better constructed team. Like that's the best team of these two, but there's something about Tampa where they have this veteran savvy and, you know, the Blackhawks in 2015 kind of willed themselves to that championship, right? They were, I had four defensemen. Duncan Keith was playing 35 minutes a night. Tampa was this young and upcoming talented team that was going to be the next big thing. We all knew it, but they couldn't quite overcome you know, the, the Blackhawks veteran savvy. So is this going to be like a 1983 thing where, you know, the, 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 the probably apocryphal story about Wayne Gretzky walking by the Islanders locker room and seeing how grizzled and exhausted they were and going, oh, that's what it takes to win a cup. And next year, the Avalanche win or the Avalanche going to kind of skip a step here and go straight from unable to get out of the second round to the championship. And I think that's what makes this so interesting is the dichotomy between the teams. You have the literal you know, the two-time defending champions who are as grizzled as they come, as tested as they come, and this young, exciting upstart that we know is going to be good for years to come. It's just a matter of whether this is going to be their year or if it's going to come in the coming years as a result of what they learn in this series. And, and I think what makes this really fascinating, too, is if Tampa wins, I think this opens up a door uh, for them to join some some historically great teams. And then we can use the capital D dynasty word around them. Uh, Mike, regardless of how this plays out, if Tampa wins or they lose it, do they deserve the mantle already as the best team of the salary cap era? Or is that still up for debate? Um, do they need a third ring to join? You know, Pittsburgh's won three in the cap era. Chicago's won three in the cap era. But is Tampa already the best team of the cap era based on what they've done here and getting to three straight finals? Yeah, and I mean, it's funny. Alex Kalorn yesterday was pretty honest about it and says that he doesn't consider them a dynasty. Um, you know, I think that he does think that a third puts them in the conversation, but this is a guy that went to school in Boston and 
wash those pats and, and, and the consistency of them winning every single year. And I think that he feels like this is uh, important that they go and, and pull this out. Also in an 82 game normal schedule. I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to put any asterisk on the, on the lightning's last two wins, but one was in a bubble situation and the other last year was against, you know, in an invented Canadian league where, you know, Montreal somehow comes out of it and, and makes it all the way to where to that point too. So I think that they want to prove to themselves that they could do it in this type of year. So um, I think they're absolutely in the conversation. I laughed. I chuckled when you mentioned the cap era too, because I think a lot of hockey fans will go out there and say, that they've also probably the best team at figuring out how to circumvent the cap yeah. in a way, <laughs> you know, in, in, uh, in obviously with the LTI and things like that. So um, look, this is a great hockey team. And to Mark's point too, that's what I'm, you know, I, what I've been so struck by just being around them during the Eastern conference final is that they, and John Cooper mentioned it after game six last round is that they have every excuse in the world to not want to put in that extra effort to go into their off season and get a full off season. And here they, every single round, they show us that they don't, they're willing to sacrifice to continue on and to once again, raise uh Stanley cup. And, and I think it's going to be uh, an outstanding series because of that. See, I, I've gotten in trouble in Chicago because I insist that the Blackhawks were not a dynasty. They won mm-hmm. no cup consecutive cups, like a dynasty. If you think back to what a dynasty is politically, speaking a dynasty does not yield power for a year or two here and there and then take it back so and I, I, it's funny you know mike and i are both uh ex-islander fans growing up and uh i, I my, my dad had the uh the cover of newsday from all four stanley cups that the islanders won in the early 80s he had like the commemorative versions of them you know printed on glossy paper and the one when they won the third cup it said it had three cups at the top and it said now they're a dynasty and that's yeah. been burned into my head since I was like three years old. I was three years old in 1983 that that's what a dynasty is. A dynasty is three straight champions, championships. And there has not been a dynasty since then. It's been 40 years since there's been a, a dynasty. And we could talk about the asterisks. And, you know, there are things to, to quibble about with the last two cups. But the fact is, this would be their third straight Stanley Cup. And they would become the first true dynasty of the cap era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, it, and it is remarkable, too. Like, when you think about the Oilers of the 80s, never won three in a row. Yeah. Those great Pittsburgh teams, uh, Detroit in the late 90s, never they never won three in a row. Like, like you win three in a row. Now you're getting into you know, where, where the Yankees were in the late 90s. They won three in a row. The Bulls, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it's hard to do. My question is, and, and, and Mike, you kind of touched on this because you said there, there's a tiny asterisk maybe next to one of these cups for, for Tampa because it was in, in the COVID era. Let me ask you guys, if Tampa wins three straight cups in the salary cap era, is that in your mind in the conversation for greatest dynasty of all time? So I'll include those five straight wins from the Habs in the 60s or the 50s. But you know what? That was in a six-team league, right? Or right. The, the, the Oilers and the Habs and the, and the Islanders, um, they won four in a row, but there was no cap. Does three Stanley Cups in a salary cap era – push the lightning into the conversation of greatest dynasties of all time or do they do they have to get to four i mean it's really hard to compare eras because just what you said that like you know when the montreal canadians were the bet there was there was five other teams in the league like i don't care almost any record set in the original six era i could not care less about it's <laughs> it's a bogus record it's a ridiculous league so you know now there's 32 teams in the league to be the, the last one standing three straight times and to do it in increasingly weird seasons i mean we could talk about how they had an advantage because of covid and there is some truth to that but they also had to overcome all this you know abnormality around them so there's something to be said for that are they the greatest team of all time i have a hard time with that but 
you know, it's hard to compare eras in hockey as more than maybe any other sport because what they were playing in the 1980s, 70s, 60s is not the same sport they were playing now. If you took these Tampa Bay Lightning as they are now and dropped them into the 1980s, they would destroy the New York Islanders. Absolutely destroy them. It skates circles around them. So it's really hard. You have to compare them to their era. And I don't know if they quite live up to the Canadians and Islanders and Oilers of their era, but they're, they're certainly working their way into the conversation. What I'm really impressed with is that they always seem to reinvent themselves. You know, I think a lot of us really thought when they lost that third line, you know, uh, that they were going to be a completely different team this year. And, you know, there were there were points in the regular season where they stuttered along. But then when the going got to the point where they needed to show their true metal, they absolutely did that. And they've done it throughout the postseason here where they just, you know, continue to show that there is something special about this group. And the fact that you could lose that line – you know, that I think a lot of us felt were a bit of an engine for them last year, you know, Gord and Coleman and Goudreau, and then just throw out, plop three other guys in there, and they just continue to go and go and go. I just think it says everything about the special, you know, nature of this group. And, you know, there's something about Steven Stamkos right now is playing just unbelievable hockey. Um, you still have Vasilevsky in goal. There's just, there's, there's just something, you know, really, really impressive about this group. And now all of a sudden coming out of the bullpen tonight is Braden Point. That's a pretty good guy to just throw into the series. And, and I find it interesting too. Like I think on balance, if you were looking at this and you just looked at the goaltending matchup and it's Vasilevsky against Darcy Kemper, I think most of us would say, well, give the edge to Tampa. And yet, mm-hmm. Um, the majority of our writers, when we did the uh, the athletic poll, I think we were at about 75% of our, uh, yeah, here we go. Look at this. Uh, yeah, 74.4% of our writers picked the Avs to win this series. 27.9 saying it would happen in uh, six games. The majority saying uh, Avs in seven. Um, were you guys on this? Are, are both of you guys, when you made your, I, I'll be honest, I'll be upfront. I picked Tampa in six. So I'm one of the, in, in the minority here, uh, saying Tampa in six. Uh did either of you guys pick the Avalanche to win this series? And if so, what's uh, what's your feeling of why uh, why you think Colorado is going to come out ahead here? I had the Avs in six. Um, I, I had the Avs at the beginning of the year beating the Panthers. I mean, from day one, we knew this was the best team in hockey. And yeah. I don't think there's any debate that this is the best team in hockey. It's just a matter of whether Tampa's also a really great team has enough. And, and Vasilevsky is the big difference. That's what that's if Colorado doesn't win the cup, it's probably going to be because of their goaltending. Because they're better up front. They're better on the back end. I mean, having Devon Taves and Kale McCarr as your top pairing, having Bo and Byram just like as your number four or five, I mean, this team is unfair how well they are constructed. And a lot of that is because of some savvy cat management. A lot of it is luck with Nathan McKinnon not becoming Nathan McKinnon until after he signed that long-term contract. I mean, this team is as good as we've seen in a long, long time. They play a beautiful brand of hockey. They, they, they run and gun. They're, they're fun to watch. They are the best team. That doesn't mean they're going to win. This is hockey. The fact that we got two great teams in the Stanley Cup final, that doesn't always happen. Look at last year. The Montreal freaking Canadians were in the Stanley Cup final last year and the Dallas Stars the year before that. We don't get this. We don't get two great teams like this. So it's, it, it's a coin flip because it's hockey. But, you know, the fact that it's hard to bet against the Avalanche. They're just too good. And I think they can overcome the goaltending deficiency. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I picked the Avs in seven. I think it's going to be a long series. Um, I will be, I'll be honest though, after watching the Lightning play last round, I was tempted to just go with that. Uh, but I figured, you know, be consistent. I've kind of gone with uh, Colorado from the very beginning. Um, you know, although I always, always waver. So I'll figure out a way if Tampa wins this series to say that I, I actually predicted that would happen. Just now. You just did just now. Yeah, there exactly. I just, uh, I just got off the phone uh, with Mark Chipman, the uh, owner of the Winnipeg Jets and, 
I will say, if you go back to my original uh, rankings at the beginning of the year, my predictions, I'm pretty sure I had the Jets as like runner up in the conference. So, uh, you know, I've obviously, <laughs> I obviously have uh, have thrown the bullseye at, at the wrong direction a couple times as my well. My favorite thing about Mike is he has always just gotten off the phone with someone famous. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I mean, you would not believe at somebody. all times yeah. of day, yeah. any time of year, he yeah. has just gotten off the phone with someone prominent. Yeah, you wouldn't believe. So I'm doing this uh, Jeff Vinick story uh, tomorrow. It's either going to run late tomorrow afternoon or. or Friday and I, I I talked to a lot of owners uh, for the story. It's a really really cool story. I'm sitting down with Jeff here in about uh, an hour um, at at their hotel. But uh, it's just uh, I I couldn't believe how many like I sent an email out to like pretty much every owner in the league and everybody at a minimum replied and I got three heavyweights uh, quoted in the story, including Ted Leonsis and Daryl Cates and and um, a couple really. I talked to Oren Coolis yesterday as well, um, who's uh, the Lightning owner before. Uh, Jeff Vinnick turnover. So, so that'll be a really cool story. Hopefully everybody reads it. But to, to Mark's point too, I mean, I just, I, I look, I see the avalanche a lot. Mark sees the avalanche a lot because uh, our respective teams that we cover faces them on an every night basis. It feels like sometimes, and those games could get ugly, especially here in, the, in, in Colorado where they just, they, 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 it's like they rev it up and they just go, go, go. And, and when Nathan McKinnon wants to play, when Caramel Carr wants to be dominant, they absolutely could turn that to the point where I don't know if Tampa can match that. So the biggest key to this series will be, you know, beyond obviously the goaltending, as Mark just mentioned, and Darcy Kemper, who I covered in Minnesota, and him being just mentally strong to handle the limited chances that he's going to see. But to me, the biggest key of this series is can Tampa slow them down the way they slow down the Rangers. There were points in that Rangers series after game two, about the second period midway point, where the Rangers just could not get anything going offensively, couldn't get into the zone, couldn't generate speed. They looked slow. They looked tired. Now, the Avalanche have only played 14 playoff games, and they have some runners and gunners on that team. So that's going to be, to me, the key of the series is, you know, hey, can Anthony Sorelli, like he's done this entire marvelous playoff run that he's had, can he be the key to the series for the Lightning perspective? Well, I'll tell you what, guys, we'll, we'll leave it there. And uh, I know, Mike, you said you got to uh, head off on that interview with Jeff Finnick. So looking forward to that piece. It's up. Oh, nice. What do we got here? We, are these uh, my, the, uh, oh, yeah, your mascot insisted. collection. My yeah. six-year-old insisted I bring these aboard for the podcast. There we go. Lightning bug. And what's the name of the Avalanche uh, mascot? Bernie, that's her favorite. You gotta love Bernie. Bernie. He's, he's got a he's got a barrel of whiskey around his neck. You can't beat that. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. I love it. Hey, listen, guys, thanks for this, and I hope you appreciate the fact that I didn't ask you about Kevin Fiala and uh, Alex DeBrincat. No, trust me, that was the only reason why I get, I promised that I would come on the show. Like, yeah. Even uh, yesterday, I was doing a radio interview, and all we did was talk final, final, final. He's like, I got to ask you one question. I'm like, oh, here we go. So, just, uh, it's nice to be away from that for a little bit. Yeah, well, listen, we, we, you guys did a great job in the conference final. I'm sure you'll do a great job in the Stanley Cup final, too. Look forward to your uh, coverage around that and then obviously around Chicago and uh, Minnesota as well. Guys, thanks for this, and uh, thanks for stopping by the Athletic Hockey Show. Yeah. See you, guys. There they go. Uh, Eminem. Why don't we go Eminem, right? We had PB&J with Peter Baugh and uh, Joe Smith. Why don't we go Eminem there? Mark Lazarus, Mike Russo. Great stuff. Um, uh, we got one last guest here. I think we've got them all set up. And uh, by the way, we got a bunch of comments coming in here. We got a lot of predictions. Uh, Pete saying Avalanche in four. Um, we've got some uh, Avalanche in six, Tampa in four. So we've <laughs> kind of got a little bit of uh, uh, everything. Uh, Patrick says Tampa beat the best offensive team since the 90s in four straight games. And that would be, of course, the President's Trophy winning uh, Florida Panthers. So they took out in four straight games. Um, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. And, and, you know, somebody who I'm really curious to see 
what he thinks about this is Dom Luschichin. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And Dom, I believe, is hopefully standing by to join us. Look at this. Boom. There you go. It's really up close. I don't know what's happening here. Um, (laughs) I'm very impressed with your pronunciation of my name. I I spent weeks. Listen, I saw Julian McKenzie butcher it the other day, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) come on, Ian. Be better. You didn't want to get an edited clip of how bad you did? (laughs) I love it. Hey, are you wearing your – you have an avalanche hat. Is this your Avs hat? I can't quite see. Uh, No, my avalanche hat is behind the computer right now, and I specifically – didn't wear it for this broadcast because I didn't want to. I wanted to seem impartial and as if I wasn't didn't have a rooting interest here. Uh, because I honestly I don't. I think these are two of the best teams in the league, and it's just going to be an exciting series. And I'm hoping to see it go the distance. And whoever wins, I think will be an exciting story. I think Kale McCarr put it best when he said that they're trying to build a dynasty. We're trying to build a legacy, and. It'd be nice to see a Tampa three-peat. It'd be just as nice to see Colorado start maybe their own dynasty. Yeah, I love that quote too. I was like, man, this guy just gave us the best. Like, we're mm-hmm. all trying to search for like this perfect phrasing to, uh, you know, to describe this series. And then Kel McCarr put that out there. Hey, speaking of Kel McCarr, I want you to uh, uh, kind of run our viewers through and our listeners again, if you're doing this on the podcast side of things, uh, through this, the Con Smythe odds, Dom. Going into the final, because obviously I think uh, things could change here in the next uh, week or 10 days, depending on how things go. But walk us through how uh, things are looking right now and and who's got uh, the, the best chances of winning the uh, the playoff MVP. 
Well, it's usually the T, the player on the winning team. And if Colorado is the favorite, then I think Kale McCarr has to be the favorite to win the MVP because he's been the best player on the Avalanche. He has 22 points. He's four ahead of Nathan McKinnon. And just aside from that, he's been such a dominant presence at both ends of the ice at five on five. And doing that in tough minutes, he was able to slow down Connor McDavid better than any other defenseman has in the playoffs so far. And just the way he carries himself on the ice, he's just so incredible with the puck. He's so incredible without the puck. And I think by by value, he's one of the best defensemen. He's already been one of the best defensemen in the playoffs in the analytics era. He, I think, is about worth 1.4 wins already in just 14 games. And that is roughly an eight-win pace, which is almost double what he did during the regular season, which shows how just dominant he's been during this playoffs because during the regular season, he was absolutely incredible too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, McCarr, and maybe you can expand on that a little bit. Uh, talk, if you can put this into a little bit of context, Dom, about just how special and dominant Kale McCarr has been in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, because we're really seeing some, when, when people say, this is the best I've seen since Bobby Orr. They're not. They're not being disingenuous. They're not, they're, mm-hmm. they're, that's a serious comparison. Can you maybe explain to us just just how special and unique this is uh, to see a defenseman do what he's doing? Well, I think it's fitting that that quote came from the great one, Wayne Gretzky, who has seen some great players in his time, obviously, and he's the best of all of them. So when he says that McCarr is the closest thing, sorry, Kale McCarr was the closest thing we've seen to Bobby Orr. He he means it, and we can see it every night when Makar is out there. The things he's doing every night is just so special. And I wrote a Con Smythe piece for this morning, and I looked into how, I guess, valuable all the players have been in every playoff run since 2007-08. That is the start of the analytics era. And Makar is on an 8.4 win pace, which is the third best pace of not just defensemen, but of any skater period behind McDavid this year and McKinnon in 2021. And the next best defender was John Klingberg, who was well behind that pace at around seven wins. And to put into context what an eight win player is, McDavid is probably a six win player and an MVP season is probably around five to six wins. A Norris winning season is probably around four wins and McCarr is shattering those totals every year. Every year he's getting better and better. And I remember at the start of last year, I projected that he would be a four-win player, which has never happened before for a defenseman in the history of my model. And he completely smashed that projection and is now projected to be a five-win defenseman. So he's just this generational talent from the blue line where it's no longer a question of, is he the best defenseman, but is he? where does he stand among the best players, period? And he has a very good case to be two or three. And in some eyes, it's it wouldn't be a shock to have him number one. And it's not something I would agree with, but there is an argument for it. You know, you, you mentioned your models. And uh, I think I'm always interested at, at the start of every season, you put out your models and kind of you, your probability of getting to the playoffs and going deep. And the Avalanche have always been a team that uh, have just for a myriad of reasons, just underperformed vis-a-vis your, your model. How, how rare is it though, Dom, to see what we're seeing this year, which is arguably the two best teams are actually meeting in the Stanley cup final. Like the NHL is the most random league. It feels like sometimes it's a flip of the coin. Um, 
How rare is it that the actual two best teams, and certainly in the case of Colorado, the, the best team in the West, and Tampa was maybe one, uh, one of three or four really elite teams in the East, but to, to actually get the Stanley Cup final that, uh, that we're getting? It is extremely rare, and I think the last time we had a final like this was probably in like 2001, which is like, what, 20 years ago now? It's, it's usually like one extremely good team and then one team that is good or maybe even elite, sometimes a Cinderella run, but it's just not at the same level or sometimes you'll get maybe the second or third best team facing off against the second third best team on the other side uh it's been a while since a team of i guess is all the way at the top has faced another team that is right there and the lightning they didn't have the same regular season as florida or toronto or even carolina but they're also the lightning and they know what it takes to win they have been the standard bearer for playoff teams over the last eight years or so and to doubt them would be to doubt their experience and it is something my model doesn't consider but I mean it's always in the back of my mind as a human being who watches the sport so even though they weren't favorites against Toronto or Florida that was morally mostly a I guess a an idea of the talent level on the team Tampa Bay lost their entire third line last offseason they're not as strong as they used to be, but they have the heart of a champion and you just can't beat that very easily. And we saw that with Toronto, with Tampa, with New York as well. New York got one of the best goaltending performances of any series in the analytics era from Igor Shosturkin. And that even wasn't enough to beat Tampa Bay. So it's just a very special team that is going to take a lot to dethrone. And Colorado seems like the kind of team that can do that because they have been the best regular season team over the last two or three years. And this is their chance to prove they can do that in the playoffs too. And I think this is a bigger challenge for Colorado because look, no Samuel Girard. I think mm-hmm. that's a big factor. And now it looks like uh, Peter said he thinks there's a chance Nazem Kadri can play. Uh, even if he does, you would have to think he's, he's somewhat um, limited hampered yeah. and limited. How big of a factor is that? Um, not having Nazem Kadri, knowing the type of impact he had this season and what the type of playoffs, as you can see here, you know, six goals, 14 points, north of 17 minutes. Um, he was kind of doing everything. Um, what's the impact here, Dom, of, of not having Nazem Kadri for Toronto? Or for, for uh, Colorado? <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, old I, habits I, I heard. I wish um, he was still there. <laughs> um, yeah, it is huge based on the type of player Kadri was during the season and even during the playoffs. I think he... Not only had a lot of points, but he led the Avalanche in expected goals percentage. And he was a huge factor on their second line. He gave them another superstar behind McKinnon. The team was able to mix and match between McKinnon, Landis Cog, Rantanen, and Kadri and have these two almost unstoppable dynamic duos that other teams just couldn't match up against. And that's a a huge loss. Uh, I think my model has them around three and a half wins. And that takes it a huge chunk out of their probability of winning this series. I think we listed the, the abs chance of winning around 61%, but if Kadri that's based on Kadri coming back for maybe game three or game four, because that is the sentiment I got from Peter before the series started. But if he doesn't play at all, that starts making the series a lot closer and closer to that 55 to 60% range where this series really is a coin flip and Kadri you can sort of look at him as the difference maker between Colorado and Tampa Bay in terms of talent. And if he's not there, the the abs are still favored, but it's a much tougher battle. And that doesn't factor in the fact that Tampa Bay has 
again, the the heart of a champion and all that experience that can give them that extra few percentage points that a, a model wouldn't be able to account for. I tell you what, Don. Why, why don't we wrap up? We got some um, we got some questions coming in from uh, from the viewers here. Patrick says we, you were talking about Kale McCarr and the dominance and the uh, the kind of the the equivalent of eight wins. Patrick wants to know, Dom, who is better, current version of Kale McCarr or prime Eric Carlson? I I would take McCarr right now. I think Prime Carlson was an extremely special player, but looking back, there like all the things people were saying about. Carlson at the time were that his defense wasn't up to snuff. And then the analytics people at the time would say, no, no, look at this. He defends while he limits shot attempts. It's all like, it's all good. And now that we have like better numbers in terms of expected goals, you sort of like look back and see that some of the issues with Carlson at the time weren't just made up. Like they, they were legitimate and you, a lot of people did see it from just watching him play and, that's the thing with analytics is that the numbers do get better as time goes on and we have a better understanding of where players are at. And I think Makar is just the total package right now. It's not only his offense and his production, it's that he defends perhaps just as well and he can do it all where Carlson didn't quite have that element of his game. And even the offense, he never, Carlson never scored at what was it? A hundred point pace or whatever Makar was at this year. And, even in his amazing playoff run that one year, he wasn't playing the way Makar has in these playoffs where Makar is, I think, at a 130-point pace or whatever silly number he's at during these these playoffs. Uh, we've got a couple of other questions here. Um, Juice writes in and says, uh, "What about like what's the bigger impact here? And, and, and Braden Point is going to play in game one, but he might also be limited and hampered. Um is Kadri better than Braden Point, or maybe more important to Colorado than Braden Point is to the Lightning? It's like a it's an interesting question because analytically, you can make the argument for Kadri. If you read my series preview with Shayna, then you saw that Kadri was rated higher than Point. But for me, and I think for most people, you'd still take Point, especially in this kind of series where the element that he brings to Tampa Bay is something that they they really have been missing over the past two rounds obviously it hasn't really mattered because they are Tampa Bay and they have a lot of other great players but his speed and his ability to move the puck and transition is something that I think has been missed a lot by the Lightning and he does it better than almost anyone else in the league and this year he wasn't scoring as much and he wasn't driving play as much as Kadri but I think the talent level you'd still probably rather have point but it is definitely a lot closer than it has been in years past where Kadri has been to most people, just a, a second line center. So this big spike was definitely a surprise where it's amazing that it's even a topic of conversation, but I, I would still take point for sure. Um, as we wrap up, I asked Mark Lazarus and Mike Russo uh, about their predictions for the cup final. Each of them took the avalanche and I said, man, I feel like I'm, on a little bit of an island here because about 74% of our uh, writers with the athletic picked the abs to win this series in some way, shape or form. I was in the, uh, I guess, quote unquote minority under than 30%, but I believe that you were too. When I read the, uh, the preview of the, uh, the Stanley cup final, you picked the lightning. I'm correct on that, right? That is incorrect. Um, I, I, I could have yeah. sworn you had the lightning in the uh, in the so, big piece with Gentilly and McIndoo and Shayna. There, so that's that's uh, that's a game by game thing. So here's so that's game here's, one. Game one, I think 
Tampa Bay comes out on top, but I okay. have Avalanche. I think Avalanche will win. I think it goes the distance, so game one will matter. But, I mean, if it goes seven, it's just game one after all, and the teams will adjust. And I think that with uh, with a long layoff, it'll be a bit tough for Colorado to, I guess, match up to speed with Tampa Bay, who's only had three days off. And Braden Point coming back, I think, will be a big emotional boost as well. That I, I like uh, Tampa Bay in game one, but... Overall, I think the talent level on the Avalanche will be a bit too much to overcome, especially if Kadri does come back at some point. So my my personal pick is Avs in seven. But again, there's a reason I picked the series in seven, and I can see it go either way for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you saw it reflected in those numbers there. About more than 60% of our uh, athletic staff members said this is going seven games. So I think that's kind of the uh, the prevailing notion. But hey, Dom, listen, thanks for dropping by. This was a lot of fun. Always great to pick your brain when it comes to uh, Stanley Cup finals and playoff matchups. So listen, thanks for uh, for dropping by this live edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. And I'm sure we'll get you again uh, down the road. Yeah, definitely. It's always a pleasure chatting with my, my boy Ian, especially now that he knows how to pronounce my name. There you go. I nailed it. I won't try it again, but I got it the first time. I'm going to leave it there. There goes Dom. Always great to uh, to have him as, as part of this. And Dom and Shana do such a great job on the analytics side of things. And I thought Harmon Dale did a great job, too. He's got a great uh, Stanley Cup uh, final preview piece up there uh, looking at the Tampa Bay and talk about legacy and dynasties and uh, all that stuff so make sure you check out our coverage you saw uh, we've got a, a a bunch of people on the ground in denver peter baugh and joe smith and uh mike russo is over there and we're looking forward to that piece that mike's going to do on uh, tampa bay lightning owner jeff vinnick that sounds like it's going to be fantastic so and of course mark lazarus also covering this series too so we've got a lot of people weighing in on the stanley cup final and i hope you enjoyed our preview as we're yeah, about four hours away from puck drop for game one of the stanley cup final Hope you enjoyed this live edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. And I uh, want to remind you that Thursday, myself and uh, Down Goes Brown, Sean McAdoo, uh, we will have a Thursday edition of the podcast. We'll break down, uh, I'm sure, what will be an entertaining game one. want to thank everybody for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.